Miracy. People are always surprised how late the actual technical part starts. If you build a house, you're not going to start digging and putting up walls before you have a drawing, before you have a really clear idea what your house should look like. But that's what people try and do with the tech all the time. Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, you got it, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success, but as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we explore how taming fear of technology can contribute to getting your business to a state that supports it blowing up. Our guest is Anka Herman, author of Taming the Tech Monster and host of the Passion Business Podcast. Anka is an online tech mentor with the heart of a creator and the mind of an engineer, but she wasn't always a tech girl. In fact, it was Anka's passion for languages that led her to discover that technology is just like another language. Welcome to Anka, who's coming to us from Germany. Let's jump right into the conversation now. 90% of the work isn't technical at all, and people are always surprised by it, but they come to me when they feel they have a tech problem. I don't even know where to start, right? That whole sense of, <laughs> you know, like, just shoot me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying what looks like a tech problem never is, which is good mm. news. I go, oh, this is fun. And look on their faces when they, like, wait, did I just say that tech is fun? <laughs> like, what, what happened? It's such an important mind shift. I've had students and clients who have waited years to put their work out into the world. It's sad and it's frustrating and it's terrible for the people who need the work that they do, mm -hmm. right? That they're not able to get that work out. Is there a process that you take people through in order to tame the tech monsters that they're facing? You know, all my clients always go, your middle name is, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> because you always see when it's hard, you're skipping steps, right? So it's literally always mm. about, let's just slow mm. down. If you try and teach a dog something, if you give him a task that's too much, they're not going to do it, right? And we function the same way. But when you don't know how something works, you skip steps because you don't know they're there. So it's literally my job is to make those steps visible. And they're usually way smaller than people expect. That is so interesting. People are always surprised how late the actual technical part starts. If you build a house, you're not going to start digging and putting up walls before you have a really clear idea what your house should look like. But that's what people try and do with the tech all the time. There are a lot of things that people don't know they don't know. Do you have a way for people to start digging in for themselves when they see a tech challenge? I need to do this. How do they pause? How do they start figuring out, wait, how should I be looking at this? I think it's actually simpler than people think. I tell people to go away and do what I call conscious browsing. 
Like really pay attention to wherever you move on the internet, pay attention to your own reaction. When there's a website and you go, oh, well, I don't know. Oh, there's this pop-up in my face. Oh, this is annoying. How every single person goes, pop-ups are so annoying. And when it comes to their website, oh, let's do a pop-up because somebody <laughs> said they convert me well. So, so that's usually the first step to take, conscious be conscious. You know, when you're scrolling, what makes you stop? What makes you wait? What? Right? What is that? What is it that they say? Because chances are, if you react like that, a good bunch of other people have that same reaction. It tells you an awful lot about what you might want to do and what you might not want to do. People latch onto tech systems in order to like, oh, I need to have this. I need to have that. And I need to have this other thing. And I can't launch my business until I have everything together. When you have an idea for an offer, your first job isn't systems. Your first job is to make mm -hmm. a sale or a few sales, right? The approach is very much borrowed from the software industry. Nobody goes and hires a bunch of programmers for two years to build this complicated thing. No, 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 no. We build the smallest thing we can get away with to have a proof of concept. And then we need to put this in front of people early and test, review, adjust, and iterate early and mm -hmm. often. So that is what I tell people. I remember this one gentleman who got pointed my way from a Facebook group where he had done a little rant, typical, I want to launch this core, but I'm totally overwhelmed. There's the landing pages and the funnels and all these things, and I don't even know where to start. And so I said to him, do you have a list of people that you know who might be interested in this program? He goes, oh, yeah, I have that. Okay. So could you email them? Yeah, of course I could. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, they know me and they've read my book. And I said, well, okay, can you host a few Zoom calls? Have you got enough of an outline to make this attractive? He says, yeah, yeah, and I know exactly what the modules are. And you can run some Zoom calls. Yeah, yeah. And you could chuck some recordings in a Google Drive folder. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Will you send this email? And you could literally say, wait, what? Yeah, you know, <laughs> well, do that first, right? Because you don't want to go and build this complicated construct before you even know whether your offer is positioned in a way that somebody's even interested in it, right? And you could literally see his shoulders relax. And he was like, oh, that sigh of relief. Now, mm. two days later, he messaged me. He says, well, two and a half thousand pounds and still going. Awesome. Right? So he basically made 3,000 pounds on the back of that. Nice. And I'm like, okay, now you have proof that you're actually onto something. And now we can look at, okay, how can we make this more efficient? Mm. And we start at the delivery. Now let's just replace the Google Drive folder with a platform, right? And then we work our way backwards and we optimize and make more efficient one piece at a time. But always small iterations, small steps, one thing at a time. And then all of a sudden that next step doesn't look very big. It needs to be so small that there's no resistance mm -hmm. to doing it. So you just put one thing in place, one iteration at a time. And before you know it, you kind of like, oh, Jesus, look what I've built. That feels so relieving. I'm just mm. living into that yeah. guy's experience and I can feel my shoulders dropping. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. what's so yeah. interesting to me is where you start helping mm. people with their tech phobia. It's not with technology. That's kind of radical sounding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a client and the first question I remember I said do you use Dropbox so we can share files she goes I don't know what that is and I don't want to know, <laughs> know so she did not want to know the thing is I don't care like I will literally meet you where you mm -hmm. are 
Uh-huh. You see that little red button there? Click on that. And next thing I knew, she sends, I went live into my Facebook group. I live streamed it from Zoom into, and I'm like, you did what? Like, did you just hear yourself? And then she got like, this is actually fun. Like, I love tinkering now, you know, because now I don't longer have to wait for somebody else to be able to put this video on my YouTube channel. The easiest way to shift people's approach to this from, oh my God, I hate this, to, hmm, let's see how we can figure this out, is by making those steps so small that they have like, oh, okay, that wasn't Mm -hmm. that bad. Mm -hmm. And then, well, what else can I try? Now let me see what happens when I click on this thing. It's like when you hike up a steep mountain, like the steps are really small. And next thing you know, you turn around, you go, Jesus, how far have I come up, right? And you don't really notice it. That's so inspiring and empowering. And there's this momentum and this addiction of progress where everybody goes, oh, well, this is fun. It works every time. It's really the two ways people get themselves into tech trouble. Typical one is what we talked about when people overcomplicate mm-hmm. what they need, when they in actual fact just need to validate that they have mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that's worth developing. Right. Right? Right. And the other part happens also quite often. Oh, I just whack something together and I validate it and then I'm off with the races. This lovely, lovely lady, she's a therapist. She comes to me and she goes, oh, I really need help with this because I've got this program and people are loving it, right? And people keep emailing me when I'm going to offer it again. And I'm like, well, that's a luxury problem to have. So why don't you (laughs) offer it again? And she goes, oh, just a thought. Mm. Thought of what? And she goes, if I want to offer it, then I have to go and write this. Then I have to go into PayPal or something and set up this button. And then I have to send this email. And then when somebody signs up, then I have to go and send them this email and put them here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So was doing everything manually. She didn't want to offer a program that she knew for sure was going to be successful because it had so much manual and she hated the admin work and it's error prone and it takes a lot of time. The same simplicity that helps you get off the ground initially, you know, what works for a group of eight really bites you in the backside when you try and sell this to 20 or to 50 people, right? Everyone out there listening, they're looking at their own tech setup and thinking, am I at the right spot? Is there something simple that they can do Hmm. to give a gut check of, yes, I'm in the right place tech-wise? So let's imagine like you're a coach. So the question is not, do I need a landing page? The question is, do I have an email list? Because if I have no audience, it's going to be a problem trying to fill a program Do I have a way for people to sign up for that? Like, how do people get onto this? If somebody wants to book a call with me, what will I do? Do I have that sorted somehow? If now somebody talks to you and goes, oh, that was really awesome. I'd love to work with you. What's the next step? Do you have an easy way to collect payment? You just think about what tasks do I actually need? It's more of a project management process. Like, what do I need to get done? Then how does the tech help me? Exactly. Yeah. I did a course recently where I took a group of people through setting up email lists in their lead magnet. Everybody tells you you need an email list, but where does the PDF go? And how does that form get onto my website? That stuff, nobody wants to talk about it. So I took a group of people through and they go, do I have to have a certain tool? I'm like, I don't care which Mm -hmm. tool you use. Because when you look at it, in essence, they all do the same thing, right? And it's that difference between memorizing and actually understanding because if you really understand, then you don't care whether the save button is purple and up the top right or whether <laughs> right. it's green and in the bottom left and whether right. it changes with another version because you still know, in essence, an email marketing system 
It's a database with a list of contacts. There's a form that people can get into it. And then there's a way you can send stuff to people. You know, a few variations of the theme, but in essence, mm -hmm. that's it. And they all work the same way. Some call it audience, some call it that, some call it subscribers, some call it groups. Who cares? It's the same thing. It's a group of people right, that gave their email addresses so that you can message them. It really, really helps to show people, take them on a hill and let them look over the terrain, mm. how all the paths actually fit together. So let's talk. You know, something that occurred to me during the conversation with Anka was how many times I've heard clients and students of mine lament how they had purchased software platforms and monthly services that they had never used and therefore wasted a lot of money on, like course delivery platforms and shopping carts and email service providers, all of that. And what Anka suggested was before you make an investment in technology, validate that it's something people will buy. There are plenty of low-tech ways to deliver services and products and programs. So don't spend your money on technology until you're certain you've got a product worth investing in. Thank you so much to Anka for sharing her calming wisdom on all things tech. And be sure to download her gift to you. It's a roadmap for coaches on how to launch impactful online group programs without tech headaches. It includes, among other things, how to avoid the only two mistakes that can get even tech-savvy coaches into tech trouble. And the tech tools that will make your life easier, even if tech and easy don't usually belong in the same sentence for you. Get your copy of it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Anka. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Anka. A-N-K-E. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eni, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. 
I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think and they're afraid. They were honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at like, you know, my fears going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that, that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you ask me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.